0: Little Debbie Harry for you on this Tuesday. Alan Zafrin's back with us. Uh, he asked us to uh, play that song, kind of. Senior Managing Director and Wealth Manager at First Republic Investment Management on the phone from Palo Alto, California. You didn't ex- exactly ask us, Alan, but you did put it in your notes.
1: Well, I did. i Debbie Harry fan. And, you know, this, this uh, market's a little bit of a heart of glass. It's going up, up, up. I'm in love with it. But uh, I'm worried it might one day shatter, so I always have to be a little careful.
0: Be a little careful. And, you know, what's interesting is you uh, passed along some notes. And uh, there are strong um, arguments to be made for the bullish case on stocks. And there's a fairly strong argument, I would say, for the bearish point.
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Why don't I start with the bull case for you? Just think mm-hmm. of it this way. It's almost, you say, what do you need to see to see a market top? And if you go through that list, we don't have virtually any of those things. So if if you're bullish, you say, gosh, credit spreads are probably widening. People are getting worried about uh, junky credits. That's not happening. You start seeing an erosion in the number of stocks making new highs. That's not happening. We're getting new highs all the time. You see earnings trends weakening. Well, that's not going. We've had uh, 60% of the S&P report. Three-quarters of the companies are beating earnings that are beating by an average of about 6%. So that's not happening. You've got, in, in times of, of concern, uh, what you generally see is rampant IPOs and speculation. Far from it right now. And there really hasn't been a big pickup in M&A activity either. Either So all the things you kind of tend to see at the very tippy top of a market are not there. So the, part of the part of the bull argument is we haven't seen all the really bad stuff yet. That that's the bull argument. I can I can pose you where the problems are if you want to hear. So, well, uh, yeah.
0: All right. So that's the bullish case that people make. So what about the bearish case?
1: Well, you start with valuations. They're certainly above average. There's no no uh, no disregarding that. Uh, people argue that this VIX is at an all-time low, which means complacency is at an all-time high. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, Laszlo Borinu, m- among others, highlighted that in the early 1990s the VIX was low and. The markets rallied for another decade, so it's a question as to whether or not that's a catalyst for, for a decline. You know, it's funny that then- you say
0: that. Let me just jump in for a second, because we, mm-hmm. we put this out on the Bloomberg today. Uh, Barini Associates' Jeff Rubin uh, has been looking at daily price swings in the S&P 500 uh, members and to show that absolute stock fluctuations indicate a higher volatility than simple average daily moves. And he says S&P 500 members have actually gained or dropped 0.89% daily on average this year versus an average simple member change of And he said, if you go back to like uh, highlights of the 95-97 market uh, trade to show that periods of rising volatility are not necessarily a negative for the market. So uh, since you mentioned it, I just wanted to kind of add to, to what you had to say. Anyway, go on.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, because it also highlights there's been such a dispersion in industries this year. I mean, let alone through the first half of the year, you had healthcare and tech stocks up 17%, and energy stocks down 13%. Yeah. That's a 30% spread. We haven't seen intra-sector spreads in decades like that. Um, but, but running through the list, you know, you can talk about you're starting to get more and more infatuation with FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And when, Once you get these can't-lose stocks it's like the nifty-fifty, mm-hmm. it ultimately ends pretty poorly. And then... Even though we haven't seen a widening of credit spreads of that, the counter is these are really low yields and absolute returns on junk bonds. And at some point, you really have to question, are you getting paid enough to take that risk? So the combination of that coupled with, lastly, some people point to the rise in these digital currencies, Bitcoin, Ether, etc., some people argue it's the the rise of a of a new store of value. Other people argue it's just another fad of of speculation that won't end well. So so,
0: so what would ah. you, so what do you tell a client or an investor at this juncture when you can certainly make? I feel like if we were a debating team, uh, <laughs> it might be a draw because there's really strong arguments on both sides uh, when it comes to the equity market. So what's the advice?
1: Uh, well, I start with a, a joke. I think I, there was an investor, I think it was, his name was Ray DeVoe, and he, he said, he was quoted and said, more money has been lost reaching for yield than at the point of a gun. <laughs> so, it comes down to you got to know yourself. That's actually the ultimate uh, in investing. It doesn't really matter what the neighbor or your friend did or someone sitting at a bar next to you did and what stock they bought. It all matters is where's your comfort level. and. We keep coming back to this, diversification is your one free lunch. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And make sure you have enough money put aside for rainy days and emergencies, because it's been uh, about 280 trading days since we last saw a 5% correction in the SP 500. The last time we saw that drop was the two-day drop of Brexit in uh, June of 2016. We have not seen that many trading days without a 5% correction in over 20 years. And so it just tells you that the market is elevated, and it ultimately we're going to see some dips and falls. Don't get caught with excessive risk if you're not prepared to deal with the fact that markets don't go straight up. They are roller coasters. They're not a linear ride up.
0: Um, I get that. I mean, these are just great right, recommendations for just investing in general. Um, I guess, is there, though – something out there, some black swan, if you will, uh, I kind of hate to use that term because I feel like it gets a little bit over overused, but is there something that could radic- radically um, kind of change the sentiment in the market?
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing fundamentally is what Greenspan pointed to. I don't think it's a high probability, but if you've got a sudden shock upward in interest rates, this market is not built on higher rates. Uh, the fact that equities are higher, part of the value- argument is a valuation that the yield i get when i buy a stock if i buy a stock at 20 times earnings by mm-hmm. yield the earnings i'm getting five dollars back for every hundred dollars that i put into the stock in terms of earnings it's earnings yield yeah. that return to me whether i pay it in a dividend or reinvest my business is two and three quarters percent more than a 10-year treasury normally that spread is almost break even so if interest rates shoot up not only does it hurt bond prices, but people begin to question, right. are stocks relatively that much more attractive than bonds? That is your singular greatest risk right and,
0: now. And Alan Greenspan, warning and uh, talking to us here at Bloomberg News, warning of a bond market bubble. That's the thing he says investors have to watch out for. Hey, Alan, thank you so much. Nice to uh, check in with you once again. Alan zafran Senior Managing Director, Wealth Manager at First Republic Investment Management, on the phone from Palo Alto, California. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.